Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All righty, so Donald Trump wins the New Hampshire uh, primary yesterday, 54.5%. So we'll just go ahead and round that up to 55 to Nikki Haley's 43.3%, and we just round that down to 43. So that's about a 12-point win. Uh, remember, they are uh, they call them landslides if it's anything more than nine points. Um, but I have not seen that term used, oddly enough. Um, this from the Associated Press. Former President Donald Trump easily won New Hampshire's primary on Tuesday, seizing command of the race for the Republican seizing command. Hasn't he always hasn't he always been in command? This is this horse race coverage that media does to make it sound like, oh, my gosh, anything could happen. Yeah, not really. I mean, it would have been I mean, it would have been really surprising if Trump had not won, but. Anyway, the AP thinks that he has now seized command of the race for the Republican nomination and making a November rematch against President Joe Biden feel all the more inevitable. The result was a setback for former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, who finished second in a field of two, despite investing significant time and financial resources in a state famous for its independence streak. She's the last major challenger after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis ended his presidential bid over the weekend, allowing her to campaign as the sole alternative to Trump. So, as expected, a lot of the uh, DeSantis supporters went over to Trump. And some who were you know, never Trump that were in the DeSantis camp, they went over to Nikki Haley. Wasn't enough. Right. This was the uh, the analysis prior to yesterday, and it was borne out yesterday. I've got some of the the exit polling uh, data here to get to as well. Um, Trump's allies ramped up, sorry, Trump's allies ramped up pressure on Haley to leave the race before the polls had closed. But Haley vowed after the results were announced to continue her campaign. Actually, she, she gave that speech before all of the votes were in. I think she was down like eight or nine points or something when she went out there and, and started making her comments, which you know, makes sense because the longer you wait, the the greater the loss, you know? And so you don't want to be out there given some sort of a, yay, we overperformed. We did better than we thought we were going to do. Finishing second in a two-person race. Like, we totally did this thing, you know? You don't want to go out and do that at the end of the night, especially after, like, Trump has given his victory speech. You don't want to do it after that. That just, that would be weird. Um, so you want to do it before Trump takes the stage and and declares victory, but you don't want to wait too long because the, the, the margin of victory becomes much larger. And then it's just kind of, and that too is kind of weird. Speaking to supporters, she intensified her criticism of the former president, questioning his mental acuity and pitching herself as a unifying candidate, except for like the MAGA voters who would usher in generational change. 
again, she's speaking to a different audience. She just is. I've been saying this for a while. Right. The people who love Donald Trump in the Republican primary are not going to be moved off of that support. They love him too much. And they they see him as the only person in America that can do what they want to see done. And that varies from person to person. Um, Nikki Haley is attempting to appeal to Democrats and independents. And she got those yesterday. She did. She got them. She got the what, what do they call them? Uh, undeclareds in uh New Hampshire. They call them undeclareds, not unaffiliated or independents, but undeclareds. And she won that group. She won Democrats who had uh, or self-identified Democrats because Democrats were not allowed to vote in the Republican primary. But if you were a Democrat who was an you know, unaffiliated, undeclared, whatever, like you weren't registered as a Democrat, you were allowed to vote in the GOP primary. Much like in North Carolina, if you're unaffiliated, you can pick either primary to vote in. And there were a bunch of people that vote Democrat who voted in the primary and they supported Nikki Haley. They're not going to support her in November, but they wanted her to beat Donald Trump in New Hampshire, which she did not do. Um, with easy wins in both early states, Trump is demonstrating an ability to unite the GOP's factions firmly behind him. That's the Associated Press. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think that's happening. He has that. He actually has not demonstrated that ability. Um, he may, and I think some of it was borne out last night. A little bit of it with, you know, Ron DeSantis supporters that went over to vote for Trump because I think they had record turnout for a primary in New Hampshire yesterday, versus like Iowa. So now people are reassessing uh, their analysis of Iowa uh, and the low turnout. It's like one of the lowest turnout primaries, and like, well, maybe it was due to the cold weather. So. He has garnered support from the evangelical conservatives who are influential in Iowa and New Hampshire's more moderate voters strength he hopes to replicate during the general election. But again, like the evangelicals had cast their lot with Trump a while ago, right? They were all in for a while. Um, And New Hampshire's more, quote, moderate voters. Well, those were the, the undeclareds and they broke two to one for Haley. So I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're, you're garnering that kind of support among the more moderates. He's he's receiving support from people who who already voted for him and who like him. And that's never been in doubt. Right? That's it has never been in doubt. The people who love Trump love him. They're not going to be moved off of that position. Trump posted especially strong results in the state's most conservative areas, while Haley won more liberal parts. <gasps> Shocking. The only areas in which Haley was leading Trump were in Democrat-leaning cities and towns like Concord, Keene, and Portsmouth. I think is how they pronounce that. About half of uh, GOP primary voters said they are very or somewhat concerned that Trump is too extreme to win the general election. That, according to AP VoteCast, which is a survey of the state's electorate, only one-third say the same about Haley. So I That kind of makes sense. You would have, you know, Trump won 55 percent. So you got the 45 or 43 percent that didn't vote for him um, or that voted for any of the other candidates that were still listed on the the ballot but had already suspended their campaign uh, campaigns. Right. You had people that uh, that said, yeah, he's too extreme. So they didn't vote for him. But then there's also, you know, a chunk of about five percent 
that voted for Trump, but obviously think that he's too extreme. I don't know. That's based on the polling here, based on the AP survey cast. Take that for whatever it's worth. On the Democratic side, Biden did win his party's primary, but he had to do it with the write-in effort, which is actually kind of impressive <laughs> because people like show up. You know, it's not even really worth it, right? I don't even think any delegates are on the line here for New Hampshire, but he he, he mounted a write-in effort and he got it. The Democratic National Committee voted to start its primary next month in South Carolina, but New Hampshire pushed ahead with its own contest. Biden did not campaign or appear on the ballot. Um, Trump's early sweep through the Republican primary is remarkable, considering he faces 91 criminal charges. Beyond the political vulnerabilities associated with the criminal cases, Trump faces a logistical challenge in balancing trials and campaigning. And then it goes on to say some of the stuff about that. Uh, But later on, they say he has turned these appearances into campaign events, holding televised news conferences that give him an opportunity to spread his message to a large audience, which is actually smart and important for him to do because you have so many of the mainstream media outlets that won't carry his speeches. They literally, when he won in Iowa, they bailed on his speech. CNN stopped covering it. MSNBC didn't cover. They didn't carry the speeches. Trump has turned these vulnerabilities into an advantage among GOP voters. He has argued that the criminal prosecutions reflect a politicized Justice Department. Listen to this. <laughs> okay. He argues the prosecutions reflect a politicized Justice Department, though there's no evidence that officials there were pressured by Biden or anyone else in the White House to file charges. So what is the AP doing there? They're defining what a politicized Justice Department means. And in the AP's view, the only way the DOJ could be politicized is if officials got pressured by Biden. Which, that's not the only way an institution can become politicized. Come on, AP. All right, so as the New Hampshire primary election occurred, an exit poll showed that the majority of voters who cast their votes supporting Haley were not registered Republicans. <gasps> no, really? According to the CNN exit poll, this is according to townhall.com, 70% of voters for Haley were registered undeclared. 27% were registered Republican. 3% of the voters were unregistered before yesterday. Among voters for Donald Trump, on the other hand, 70% were registered Republican. 27% were registered undeclared. CNN uh, did an interview with a voter that said uh, that he came out to vote against Trump and it would be better to have Biden face off with Haley than Trump in the November election. He then told CNN that he's a Democrat. And when the reporter asked this Democrat, quote, if it was Nikki Haley against Joe Biden in a general election, who would you be voting for? He answered Biden. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Wow. Couldn't see that coming. Now, if you look at the party ID of the voters, Trump carried um, 74 to 25 among Republicans. Haley won 61 to 37 among the undeclareds or independents. Right. And Democrats, she carried 84 to six. Which raises this uh, this question, because the these numbers support One of the questions I've had, other folks have had for a while now, which is Donald Trump 
is apparently not very popular among unaffiliated, undeclared, independents, whatever you want to call them. So how does he win them over? How does he get them back? How does he do some sort of outreach to them, knowing that his brand is so well known already? People know who he is, right? We have a It's a very weird thing. We have a, a race between two, basically two incumbents. People know them. So is the whole pitch going to be vote for Donald Trump because Joe Biden is worse, he's made your life worse, everything is bad, and that's and that's the message? And maybe that wins. But what if it doesn't? What if it's not enough to bring back the independents, undeclareds, unaffiliates, whatever? It doesn't bring them back because you're not giving them something to vote for. And what if these people as we see in these numbers and in the other polling that I cited, that they don't like Donald Trump and they refuse to vote for him, they'll vote for Biden instead. How do you get him back? I'm curious to know the answer. I'm curious to see the strategy on that. And uh, by the way, it took all of one day for the stories to start coming out that, as Politico headlined it, Donald Trump has a big problem ahead, talking about this very thing. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out and you can send me an email pete at the pete calendar show.com which is where i have this message from terry who says in the quote republican and quote primary if only republican voters were counted it would be trump 120,000 and haley 37,000 so 76 to 24 percent uh new new hampshire i think he means to say it's just a yeah, I think maybe fat-fingered this one. Uh, New Hampshire is not a Trump stronghold. Shows Haley very weak. Yeah, I think I went over those. I said that the, the Trump 74-25 among Republicans. Um, that's the party ID and the turnout uh, by party ID. Yeah, so Trump's got you know three out of four Republic, registered Republican voters in the GOP primary, but it's an open primary. So undeclareds, or unaffiliated independents, they can go and vote as well. And they did, and they overwhelmingly supported Nikki Haley. So what do we take from that? Right? The general election is not a closed primary. It's an open election. And everybody gets to vote. And so you got Trump. And I look, I suspect there's going to be a bunch of people that vote for Trump in the general election that have been voting for other candidates in the primaries. Um, so I anticipate him pulling a lot of Republican votes. He should. He is the Republican nominee, after all, right? He should pull a lot of that. Now, I so there was another, uh, was it from the Politico piece that I was reading? Yeah, this yeah. New York Times Siena College poll. Um, including independents who say they lean towards one party over the other. 
Biden had slightly more support among Democrats and Democrat-leaning independents, or leaners, they call them. Um, so Biden has 9 out of 10 among Democrat support and, and leaners. Trump has 86% among Republicans and Republican leaners. So pretty close, but keep in mind, there are more registered Democrats than Republicans. I don't say this in order to, I'm like, people here, I, I realize, like, when I go over these numbers and I ask these questions, people feel like I'm attacking them or I'm attacking Trump, and so therefore I'm attacking them. Like, people get very, uh, very sensitive. <laughs> I'm just giving you the data. That's all I'm doing. I'm providing you these polling numbers. I don't know if these things are going to hold. We're still 10 months out, right? So what we saw, though, was an attempt to signal to the rest of the country, right, with these unaffiliated or undeclareds and Democrats who voted in this uh, primary in New Hampshire by registering as unaffiliated, by scrapping and ditching their Democrat uh, affiliation and voting in the primary and voting against Trump. So what does that tell us? It tells us that there's a chunk of unaffiliated independents, quote unquote, um, that will not vote for Trump, that did not vote for Trump. They, they voted for Haley. And when asked, they say in the general, they're going to vote for Biden anyway, even if Haley were the candidate. So just keep that in mind. That's, you know, um, we also are seeing stories like this political piece that, um, we now have the story starting to come out almost immediately after Iowa and DeSantis dropping out that now all of a sudden it's, well, you know, um, he may not be able to get the independent vote, which has been known for a while because he lost it. It eroded from 16 to 20. Donald Trump has a problem no matter what happens in New Hampshire on Tuesday night. There's a whole swath of the Republican electorate and a good chunk of independents who appear firmly committed to not voting for him if he's the nominee. It's an issue that became starkly apparent in polling ahead of the Iowa caucuses. When an NBC News Des Moines Register media comp poll uh, found 43% of Nikki Haley supporters said they would back Joe Biden over Trump. It's a dynamic that has been on vivid display as the campaign shifted this week to New Hampshire. But 2024 is different. we got to keep this in mind. Trump is not making his pitch to voters as a first-time candidate, right? He's a known quantity. And he's being judged not for the conduct of his current campaign, but for his time in office. He has a record. People remember it. They live through it, right? Political veterans say that that makes it harder for him to win back people that he may have alienated, including those who once were willing to vote Republican. And according to a New York Times-Siena College poll, Biden leads Trump among independents 50 to 38 percent. That's a pretty large gap. Can he make it up? Don't know. How does he make it up? Don't know. We'll see. Mark says, uh, got a message here. This strategy was developed by Rush in the primary between Obama and Hillary. Operation Chaos when he encouraged Republicans to go vote for Hillary. I remember it well. Operation Chaos. Um, and so you could say that that is what occurred in... New Hampshire last night, I mean, it didn't work, and I don't think it actually worked in Operation Chaos either. I mean, in order to get that many people to switch affiliations to make a, a difference, is it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, but yes, 
Democrats are they registered as unaffiliated or have been undeclared in New Hampshire and they voted in the Republican primary and they gave Haley her what well, would it turn out to be? What did I say? It's like 43 percent, you know, which honestly don't know if anybody besides Haley was in there. They probably would have gotten a similar portion of the vote. I don't know. Maybe not. We'll never know. Ed, welcome to the program. Hello, Ed. Thank you. Um, I feel uh, what's happened last night was uh, wonderful for Donald Trump because what the Democratic Party did was send several Democrats to vote uh, about uh, to put down Donald Trump by voting for Haley. It was that simple, and it'll keep doing it. And they'll the news people will play it up that no, it had nothing to do with that. It, it has to do with yeah that they hate Trump because everyone hates Trump. That's a lie. No, not uh, everybody not hates Trump. No, nobody's saying nobody's saying that, Ed. Nobody's saying everybody hates Trump. Trump's got a loyal following. He's got a solid base in the Republican Party. He's going to get eighty, you know, eighty five, ninety, ninety five percent of Republican voters in a general election. The problem is, is that that's just Republican voters. And in the yeah, general well, election, I, everybody votes, not just Republicans. No, I'm, that's what I'm I'm agreeing with. I know yeah. that. And I agree with you. I, I voted for Trump every single time because as far as I could see, uh, there were people in both parties that didn't like him because he puts America first. That's not why they don't like him. Party. No, but, the, but Ed, there. OK, hang on. That's an over. That's not true. I mean, yes, there may be some America last people. Absolutely. But there are a lot of people that don't like Trump for reasons that have nothing to do with policy or politics. They they don't like him because of the the way he talks, the nicknames, or the uh, the affairs, the the ethics. Like there are so many there, people have so many different reasons why they hate Donald Trump. It's not simply that they're not for America. Well, the people um, apparently hate Donald Trump so much. They're willing to sacrifice their country because that's what's going on now. There's no, it's not really a Democratic Party. It's a new world order that's trying to get everything under control. And the, the nation of Colombia in South America is being destroyed. And it's, they're way ahead of us in being destroyed as a country. I am not up on the Colombia situation. I appreciate the call, though, Ed. Let me get over and get uh, Jerry on. Hello, Jerry. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete, yeah, you were totally, you just mentioned it. I called in about Operation Chaos. Yeah. But after after hearing you talk about the other folks who mentioned it, I hung on to thank you for Baba O'Reilly. Ah, okay. Well, that's all Bernie, actually. So you should thank uh, Bernie, not me. Big big love to Bernie for playing <laughs> Baba O'Reilly. You're very welcome. But, yeah, but, but Operation Chaos is, I, I think, exactly what happened yesterday. And the funny thing that I'm laughing about is... <laughs> It's not like any Democrat is actually going to mention anything related to Rush Limbaugh. So that's kind of like the big chuckle in the whole thing. Right. I don't even know if they're aware of that tie, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure, sure some people are either were around when Rush was on yeah. or were smart enough to, like, Google it and came across it. I mean, you know. But yeah, I'm sure, like, the, uh, some of the people that, that uh, maybe organized it. At the upper levels, they may have, they, they may know, but like as far as like the rank and file that just went out and did it, I, I don't know if they, oh. yeah, like they would probably be horrified <laughs> if they found out they were using a Rush Limbaugh 
uh, tactic. <laughs> it, it, yes, I agree with you on that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Jerry, good to talk with you. All right, I appreciate the call. Let me go over to Robert. Hello, Robert. Welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, hey. Pete. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I just wanted to uh, get your impressions about uh, Trump's reaction to Nikki Haley after she had her, um, I guess, concession speech, uh, if you will. But I, I was just, uh, I, I kind of got a feeling that we're getting ready to turn a corner here with the dynamic. I think something's getting ready to to step up here in the next five weeks uh, as we as we see you know South Carolina approaching. I just wanted to get your impressions. I have my thoughts. What? Okay. Well, I don't know if what she gave was a concession speech. Um, it, didn't, right. it sure didn't sound like one. Uh, it, it was kind of weird. I also found it comical that Trump uh, mocked Haley for not recognizing that she lost an election. That was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it did her speech and I understand why she's doing it. She's trying to, you know, like, just like Ron DeSantis did, you know, Iowa, we punched our ticket and then, you know, within what, three days he's out. So she could very well bail before South Carolina. She could do that. Yeah. You know, I think, I think now that she kind of committed here, uh, last night, I, I guess I got the sense that she's not in fact. Um, and I got a sense that, that Trump was certainly hoping that that's what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. He wanted this to all go away. And I, and I, I think I saw a little bit more, um, um, I don't know, maybe decompensation's a little strong, but, uh, you know, using some of his old tactics, you know, um, commenting on her dress yeah. and innuendo, there are five things that are going to come out. That, yeah, that's you know, about the affairs. And, 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 yeah, yeah, that, that that's and, what he's talking think, about. I, I gotcha. And, and, I, and I think that, um, you know, this is where if she wanted to um, poke the bear a little bit, she could get him going by, you know, you know, again, pressing the whole thing about the, the, you know, taking him up on the cognitive tests to help, you know, challenging him on, you know, you're not man enough to debate me. Mm-hmm. I think we could see him really, really uh, fall apart more. And, and that's one reason I, I think he was very disappointed, because I, I think he wanted this just to go away. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't look like it is going to go away. Well, he and, yeah, he and his supporters and the party, Ronna McDaniel even said it in an interview that she needs to drop out. Robert, I appreciate the call. Um, yeah, so I, I have no doubt that everybody would like to see her drop out so this way all the money can flow to him. But she's got some deep pocket donors that are fronting this. And, uh, you know, these are the donors that are sort of part of that Bush era class. And uh, she got some Democrat donors too. So if they're going to keep paying her way, she's going to keep going.